Hello and welcome to Taiwan Talk, an interview show where we focus on topics from and about Taiwan. I'm today's host, Trevor Tortomasi, and this week I'm speaking with Adam Hopkins. Adam is a freelance journalist writing and editing for a multitude of publications. He also works at a travel agency running tours around Taiwan, which, as we know, is an industry hard hit by the pandemic. Um, Adam, we'll start off. Uh, you're working at a travel agency. What's it called and how has it been affected by the pandemic so far? Um, the agency is called My Taiwan Tour, mm-hmm. and it used to be a company where we would basically like foreigners would visit Taiwan, and we'd offer like bespoke like guided tours, or they could customize a tour so like they can we'd help them craft like an itinerary. So, oh, you want to go to Taraco Gorge what, for three days? We will take, we'll get you a driver, we'll get you an English speaking tour guide. Was there an exact moment you realized that the pandemic had changed the world, and especially the travel industry? I think it's when. We stopped having customers. Okay. So because it's like a travel agency where our main source of income was foreigners come in to visit Taiwan and they don't speak Chinese, they can't read Chinese. So we have like a fleet of like tour guides who speak English. And I think it really changed when the borders shut to non-residents. So we just basically had, there was a little while when we had like no customers. I was supposed to go to um, South Korea for the first time to do some comedy, to go on holiday. And that ended up not happening. And then I was like, uh, if people are canceling flights for this, when I think Taiwan's going to be affected, and then, lo and behold, that was that also happened. So we just had a lot of bored tour guides hanging around the office. When the fleet started to get smaller, what were the bare bones that they decided to keep in the travel industry? Um, I think we got quite lucky because the um, a lot of money was actually put into the travel industry, into Taiwan's tourism industry, just to keep it alive. Because pre-pandemic is such a big industry like millions of tourists are coming in each year you go somewhere like Yongkang Street or Jofen or something and it's just packed with tour groups packed with foreigners so a lot of operators were hit pretty hard but um, we just kind of shifted the way the business works we had we changed from targeting foreigners to targeting Taiwanese people and there was like the big incentives last year like people were getting like coupons towards hotels or for attractions so and it seemed to work yeah, like it over a lot of people just once the kind of like the paranoia or the fear had gone a little bit, where because obviously Taiwan was hit by SARS right. pretty badly. So especially a lot of the slightly like older generations were very cautious and like people were wearing masks everywhere. A lot of people still wouldn't travel. Like people this year still wouldn't actually for like Chinese New Year wouldn't. But I think once like the cases had been, oh, it's been two months without a domestic case and people started getting more relaxed when the local tourism industry actually benefited quite well it was kind of like a resurgence so we changed the products we offer a little bit to um target like taiwanese people and maybe give them an experience they're not used to like we have like now we have like yoga retreats or we have like a company called like a spin-off like called psyology which is like um size like taiwanese for master and ology is in just science <laughs> so like put them together i thought the psi part would be the science no, it's uh, no, <laughs> you think. What is science? I, it's just double science. <laughs> <laughs> the study of science. And it's um so you can go and do like an activity with like a Taiwanese master who's like really been honing this craft for years. Like you can go to like Nanto and you can make your own bamboo toothbrush and do sustainable stuff. Or you can go and make your own soy sauce like in Miaoli or somewhere like that kind of thing. That doesn't sound so bad. Yeah, it's, it's interesting products that um, when you, especially when you're like an agency, you need to offer stuff that people can't do alone. 
Because like, oh, you could, we could take you to go to Joe for an old street, but like a townies person doesn't need help doing that. Right. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. like we had to really like... They've seen Spirited Away. They already They've get it. seen it. They've lived it. You know what yeah. I mean? But um, so yeah, it was just basically trying to make a more niche kind of specialized product. But like for the actual job I do, I edit our like magazine and blog, which is in English, it's called Taiwan Scene. And I'll write English language content about visiting Taiwan. So like before the pandemic happened, we'd have like, this is our product. And here's, you can find out more information about this place to see if you want to do it kind of thing. But now we've had to shift to maybe target local like foreigners who already live here for example like here's how you open a bank account mm. or this like more practical stuff see you like for example when it comes time to pay taxes or something you're scrambling online where do i pay tax what time do i have to pay tax right so we ideally we'd like to become the place where foreigners oh we'll go on taiwan scene and this is where my information is because a lot of time people will just post a facebook status and hopefully their friend knows Mm. It's like, hey, where can I buy this in Taipei? And maybe someone knows. And even that doesn't seem that polished because no. you'll you'll post, hey, where can I get a toothbrush in Taipei? And it'll be like recommendations and show a map of all of Asia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How far are you willing to travel? <laughs> Oral hygiene. <laughs> um, on the topic of getting the word out and also telling foreigners around the world uh, what Taiwan's situation is like. You wrote an article for Vice about what it's like living in Taiwan during the pandemic in a country where they handled it pretty smoothly. Well, basically, I wanted to write something just because I was really annoyed how the UK was handling it and just to prove that there's places which can do it properly. It just showed how, like, I was, like, boasting about the, um, the tracing system. Like, do you remember when that cruise ship came I in last year? I do remember year? that. And then we all got that, like, Google map, which had, like, the hotspots on it. And it was, like, yeah. this is where all the people, I think this is where all the tourists visited who had COVID, potentially. They put their, like, their pandemic action plan into place. They were so well prepared. It was just, it was just phenomenally impressive. Yeah. That kind of like gave me like the peace of mind that it might be okay here if this is happening so quickly. Because um, I had friends living in China who had been like fully locked down. They were stu stuck in different provinces, basically. There was a point when I was like, oh, maybe this is what's going to happen in Taiwan. We're going to get fully locked down. But then there was like, oh, there's hope kind of thing. And then it just ended up going incredibly well, basically. Yeah. Um, so apart from travel and journalism, you've also played uh, some impressive cricket matches. Um, what's your history with cricket? I've been playing cricket since I was 11 years old. It's about long enough to finish one game. Yeah. Okay. That's the thing. You try to explain, like, you play for five days and it's still a draw. <laughs> but I said, no, but that means both sides have really been so skillful. And uh. Now, the longest game I ever played was three days. Wow. And halfway through the second day, I was getting a bit bored. And I was like, oh, there's half a game left <laughs> kind uh -huh. of thing. So I, I heard that you played in a match that drew uh, attention from a global audience during the pandemic. Yeah, we had, um, they, they organized a league here. So it was like, it was over, I think it was four weekends in March to April last year. And it was a really weird situation where Taiwan was the only place on the planet where you could actually play competitive cricket. And the, the game has such a huge audience, particularly in like the subcontinental countries, especially like India. So, and there's a lot of Indians in Taiwan who play cricket. And it got to the point where we televised it in India it got picked up by this like streaming app called Sports Tiger which is like an Indian streaming app and it was on YouTube for a little while and people were just watching Taiwanese cricket 
but like it was super weird. Like people were betting on it. You can bet on anything, I guess. You can bet on a corgi race. <laughs> Thanks for the British corgi angle, the queen. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so like, if you just Googled it and there was these guys who were writing like articles for how to pick your fantasy team and like saying, this guy's a good player, but they don't know and they were making it up. Like I just find my name in these articles. I saw this like whole this video on YouTube where this guy was doing a whole advice for the draft in Hindi, and the only word I understood was Adam Hopkins. Okay, <laughs> like it was bizarre. The team I played for was mutt. There was like we had an English guy, a couple of Sri Lankans, mm. but everyone else was from India, and they were telling me they were like, "Oh yeah, you're really popular," and I was in the league like oh, everyone's picking you. They're all saying you're really good, and I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> that's horrifying." Um, all right. So is there anything else that you'd like to say to people living in Taiwan, foreigners, locals, and both? Keep up the good work. Like, don't take yeah. it. The worst thing, I think the health minister even said this, the worst thing is when if we people here start letting their guard down, because again, it only takes one. So something I also noticed in Taiwan is uh, during the pandemic was that the first time the, they sent out that text about the, the cruise ship when they put the locations mm. of all the people that had uh, been infected with COVID and were kind of around Taipei, it didn't explode. And even recently, still in Taiwan, we had the Taoyuan cluster that was so immediately controlled. And even when they said, hey, this person was positive, when they went to the mall, they went to Costco, they went to like three different giant places yesterday, and still it didn't spread. Especially because of like the population density here. How did it not spread as much? I think it's mostly because people are wearing masks and it's Definitely. really coming to terms with how much wearing masks makes a difference. It's a really good case study for, hey, masks work. So mm. there's so as hand sanitizer like it's just that simple yeah i mean we make certain sacrifices here but, but the mask is not a huge sacrifice but yeah i mean like i if i leave my house and i for, i forgot my mask i will go back upstairs and i will get it, i'll put it back on because that's just something we do when we go out and the fact that we're all doing it that's the hardest part is getting everyone to do it also i never thought i would get if you told me three years ago that in 2021, you're going to get really excited every time you hear about a new travel bubble, um, I wouldn't have believed you. First of all, what's a travel bubble? <laughs> First of all, travel <laughs> bubble. Um, all right. So any uh, anything you'd like to plug? Your work articles, links, shows? Yeah, for sure. Like, um, if you want to read stuff I've been writing, please visit taiwan-scene.com. Scene, S-C-E-N-E. Well, thank you, Adam, for joining us today. And thanks to everyone else for listening to Taiwan Talk with the amazing Adam Hopkins. Until next time, I'm Trevor Tordomasi on ICRT FM 100.